What's going on, party people? <laughs> Aren't you excited after that music? Thank you, praise team. Thank the IT team back there. They're the ones that make us able to hear it, able to see it, able to experience it. Um, I just, I'm energized by music, so it's like I'm always ready to, to do something fun after we sing. But I have to tell you about Mrs. Peterson. Um, you know, she had this dishwasher that just kept having problems, so she finally said, I'll call the repairman and have him come and repair it. And so she called, and they were trying to work out some kind of an appointment to have it fixed, and you know, they, they just couldn't land on time, so she said, look, I will leave a key under the mat. You can come in, fix the dishwasher, just leave a bill on the counter, I'll send you a check. They said, okay, yeah, got it all worked out. Now she said, now, very specific instructions. I have a huge Rottweiler named Killer, okay? He won't bother you. Just come in, don't say a word, just do your work and you'll be fine. I also have a parrot. Do not, I repeat, do not talk to the parrot. And you'll be fine, you can come in, you go out, it'll be okay. Parrotman comes, he's doing his work, and this parrot's like, oh my goodness. And so he's doing his thing, and he's finally, you know, he's getting frustrated, but he fixes the, you know, the appliance. He puts the bill, and just, he just turns to that bird and just couldn't hold it anymore, and he's like, will you shut up? And the bird just looked at him and went, get him, killer. <laughs> <laughs> Rules are in place for a reason, aren't they? <laughs> there are things that are told to us that have purpose, and we have to remember that. Uh, this morning, I'm, I'm excited to, to talk about an interesting topic about persecution, which is bizarre. But it's cool because Psalm 55 is going to give us a pathway to peace. And it's like, I don't know, are you guys, how many are living problem-free lives, no issues at all? <laughs> yeah, right. None of us, right? We all have stuff that's going on, and it looks different, and it sounds different, and it's cool. David gives us... Um, some interesting insight into his heart, into his head, and where he's at, and kind of how he's dealing with life and situations. And so, you know, let's kind of be reminded, King David, or David, however you want to see him, right? Warrior, man after God's own heart, right? Able to kind of mingle with kings and mingle with commoners. Uh, he led men into battle. I mean, this was a guy's guy, and now he's going to kind of stop take a step back and open up his heart because of stuff that's going on. Now, interesting situation here. There's different speculations as to who he was talking about when he was kind of going through this psalm, and we're not going to get caught up in that. But we are going to get caught up in what he was talking about and what was provided from God as a result. So that said, let's go ahead and turn to... Um, Psalm 55, if you're using the Bibles that are in the chairs there, it's page 654. And persecution, I mean, that's an interesting word. I mean, most of us would say, oh, well, you know, we're not dealing with persecution. But we've got stuff, don't we? Stuff that we deal with week in, week out. Whether it's in our neighborhood, whether it's in our families, whether it's at work, um, there's stuff that goes down. But verse 1 starts off this way. Give ear to my prayer, O God. Do not hide yourself from my supplication. Attend to me. Hear me. I am restless in my complaint. And that word really is prayer. 
and moan noisily. It's funny, I, <laughs> commercials have such an impact on us. I don't know if you've seen the one for, I think it's a cable bill, and just the bill starts off this big and the lady's like, oh, and then you see it again and it's a little bit longer, oh, and then it's really, really long, and, oh. but it's funny, that, that is our response to some stuff, isn't it? We're just overwhelmed, we have no words, and it's just like, ugh. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been there. I've had moments in my life where I've just been like, uh, uh, wordless, I know, I know it's hard for you to believe, I've been without words at times, but it happens. Um, and all you can do is just kind of, it's a guttural, it's inside thing, just like, ah, I don't know. And, and that's where he's at, and, um, it's cool that he goes to God, and that's the, the key for us. Um, you know, when we get caught up in situations, most often time, we try to solve the problem. We get busy. We dig in. We, I've got to work harder, smarter. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I, 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 I. And God is this, like, distant memory. But David, he goes to him, we don't know, I'm, guess, I'm guessing first, because this is the place he's at. He's in a place of just internal turmoil, under, misunderstanding of what's happening. So talk to God about the struggle. And he gives us some insight here, what's going on. First, when emotions have you feeling hopeless. Ever been there? We're just like, I don't see a way out of this. I don't see how you could ever recover from this or move forward from this or whatever. Verse 3 says, But the voice of the enemy, because of the oppression of the wicked, for they bring down trouble upon me, and in wrath they hate me. My heart is severely pained within me, and the terrors of death have fallen upon me. Fearfulness and trembling have come upon me, and horror has overwhelmed me. I mean, I don't know what your life is like. I don't know what the people are like in it. But I don't know if you've ever come to a place where from all sides you're feeling oppressed. From all sides you just see the wicked prosper and it seems like all you have are problems. You keep hitting a, a wall or hitting some kind of an issue. And God uses those situations, I think, especially as we look at what, what's going on here in David's life, it shows us what we're trusting in. Because if we're trusting in ourselves, what are we going to do? We're going to assess, we're going to like, you know, make plans, or you know, depending upon your personality and how you do stuff, you know, you're going to try to work it out. You're going to try to figure it out. And this place of hopelessness, which a lot of people are living there today, because they're trying to figure out all this craziness that's going on in the world by themselves. And it overwhelms them. But see, David's showing us, no, 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 you go to God, you talk to him, you open your heart up. And, and part of the problem today for us is life has us so caught up in the busyness, so caught up. It's funny, I said to a couple of people this morning, I feel like I'm always playing beat the clock. You know, it's like that five-minute timer comes up there, and I'm like, 
all right, have I done this? Have I done that? Do I, and I'm, you know, kind of my brain, that's just how I work, sorry. But it's like we can get so caught up in stuff that we struggle to really look at what's going on in our life, look at where we're really at, and look at how to move forward with God. Is it's easy to move forward without him. It's easy to just hit the ground running and go, 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 do, 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 be, 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 be. And then when these feelings and these situations come into our life, just go, what happened? You know, some person takes, you know, your feet out from under you or the rug just gets pulled or, you know, you, so you have circumstances that you think, you know, well, okay, I do all this, I do all this, and this will happen, and it doesn't happen. And you go, I don't get it. David's crying out to God going, look, this is what's going on in my heart. I'm coming to you. You need to attend to me. You need to help me. You need to carry me through this because I finally come to this understanding where I can't do it. And guys, we struggle with that. We struggle with I can't, right? Because we're all can-do guys, right? That's, that's kind of God's wired us to, to fix and to solve, right? All you ladies, all you wives are like, yeah, yeah, I wish my husband would stop trying to fix my problems. Just listen to me for 10 minutes. But that's, we're designed that way, to solve, to fix, because God's d done that. But he wants to do it with us. Not just have us kind of go off on our own. I mean, think about it. Think, you know, from time to time, I kind of, this thought comes to my mind. You know, the whole purpose of people and God. He wanted to be a part of that. You know, Adam and Eve talked to God every day. Not only that, walked with God every day. That's kind of the original plan. And it's like God must just kind of look at us and go, you know, don't you get it yet? I want to be involved in your life. I want to be a part of that. And I think some of that is where that, the hopelessness comes from because it's like when we get further and further away from God, it's hard to see the answer. So using persecution as a pathway to peace, talk to God about the internal struggle. First, when your emotions have you feeling hopeless. Second, when you want to escape. Verse 6. So, so I said, oh, that I had wings like a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. Indeed, I would wander far off and remain in the wilderness, Selah. I would hasten my escape from the windy storm and tempest. Ever been there? I want to get away, just, oh, if, oh, I could just be somewhere else, right? It's, it's interesting. We all think geography is going to change our problems. And it doesn't. Our problems tend to follow us. I don't know if they sneak in our luggage or what, but no matter where we go, our problems will show up there with us. Interesting dove fact. Sorry, a little ADD today. But doves are able to fly long distances. Some say that they have the ability to fly with one wing while resting the other and then alternate back and forth, giving them this long distance. I don't know. I don't know how anybody, you know, did they, somebody ask a dove this? I don't know. <laughs> But they could also fly 50 plus miles per hour, which I thought was kind of interesting. So, I mean, I think, you know, that's what David is like, I just want to get out of here and I want to get out of here quick. And that's, again, that's something that we are prone to do. Think geography is going to change it. Think if we just, you know, are not here, 
But that's not what God wants us to do. He wants us to go through these situations and understand these things because they perfect us. They sharpen us. They challenge us. But even more than that, because life is so much more, it's all about God, okay? They help us see what he can do in our lives. They open our eyes to, it's like that last song we sang, I just, I appreciate it so much because he, it just, the magnificence of the Lord and how big and beyond our understanding he is, it just helps us kind of get to that headspace. And that's how he wants us to see him. We are so finite and small and tiny and itty bitty in comparison to who God is and how he works and what he does. And when we can grasp that and understand that everything he tells us, everything that's here, you know, don't talk to the parrot. It has a reason. And it's like, it may not make sense to us. And it's like, yes, we might figure it out one day. We might, you know, we might like, okay, I see why God said that. But you know what? We may never know some things until we're in his presence and he said, this is why. And we've got to trust him with that. But I'm not going to get that far down. That's coming up, the trust piece. Verse 9. It says, Destroy, O Lord, and divide their tongues, for I have seen violence and strife in the city. Day and night they go around on its walls. Iniquity and trouble are also in the midst of it. Destruction is in the midst. Oppression and deceit do not depart from its streets. The times when we want vengeance, right? Just Blow them all up. <laughs> Ever been there? I'm done. Just blow it all up. Give me a match. <laughs> I mean, these are, these are places that we don't often talk about, right? Because we're good Christian people. We're always nice. We always smile. We always have a good word to say. We never ruffle anybody's feathers. We're good Christians. That's not reality, <laughs> right there. That's not reality. Christians have emotions. Christians have feelings. Christians get overwhelmed. Christians want to just, boo, take him all out and be done with it. I'll live alone on an island somewhere and have a garden and that'll be my life. We get there. I mean, this is David talking about these things here. Someone with power and influence and people who followed him and it's just... And this is where he was. It's a reality. We all have things come into our life that are overwhelming. We all have things come into our life that help us or make us feel hopeless or want to escape or want to just blah, blow it all up. But there's a solution, which is so cool. See, God knows us. He knows what we need. He knows these things are going to come into our lives. He knows the very intimate places that we live. And he has solutions for those things. But we have to go to him. We'll never figure it out on our own. Never. We're not designed or skilled enough to do that, but God is. Talk to God about the internal struggle. And here's the one that's really hard. And a lot of people... This blows them out of the water. But verse 12, it says, For it is not an enemy who reproaches me. Then I could bear it. Nor is it one who hates me 
who has exalted himself against me, then I could hide from him. But it was you, a man my equal, my companion, my acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together and walked to the house of God in the throng. Let death seize them, let them go down alive into hell, for wickedness is in their dwellings and among them. You know, when, when persecution or when problems come from a very unexpected place, we struggle with that. Um, you know, when we have people in our lives, the very people who are supposed to care for us, nurture us and take care of us, and they don't. Sometimes they abuse, sometimes they abandon. Sometimes they just walk away. And it's like, we want to blame God. You saw this, you did this. It's, no. People do these things, God does not. But we need to talk to him about what's really going on in our hearts. We have to, I think the, one of the things that we struggle with the most is the labeling. <laughs> You're like, oh, what does that mean? We struggle with our emotions and what, what's really going on inside of us. What, what does being ashamed really feel like and why does it happen to me? Or guilty or whatever. But see, this is, an, this is an internal dialogue that's happening in David's life that he's talking to God about that we need to learn how to navigate. We need to know these things so that way when we do talk to God, we can appropriately kind of come to him and say, this is where I'm at. We struggle there. And so it's learning to become this person that, okay, you can understand your feelings, you see your feelings, you can just talk to them and talk to God about them. Because it's like, if you can't do that, you will get stuck. And then you'll probably be sitting across from me at a table. <laughs> what? How did this happen? God is patient, God is long-suffering, and he wants you, see, what happened here? Did God come down and go, David, we gotta talk. Your life is a mess and I see what's going on. Let's talk it out. No, we go back to verse one. David's going to the Lord. David's saying, you've gotta talk to me. David's saying, you've gotta to attend to me. David's saying, I need more of you in my life here because things are a mess. And there are these enemies and there's the situations and it's like there's so much happening against me that it just, it feels like it gets piled on and piled on and piled on. And we all have, we have days like that, weeks like that, months like that, sometimes years like that, I don't know. Where it just feels like life is unrelenting. It's just getting piled on and on and there's a problem and a problem and a problem and you fix something and then there's two problems and you fix something else and there's three problems. And I'm like, I don't wanna fix problems because they get worse. But it's okay. God can use it. God does not waste anything in our lives. God works to use those things to challenge us, to grow us, to strengthen us to enable us to see certain things that we are missing, but we have to go to him, which is the next point. Look to God to find peace. 
We're not quick to do that. We go to other things. Um, I was talking to somebody this morning, and it's like, it's funny, you know, we, we think we know what we need. We think we know what's going to solve our problem. We, you know, will pursue these crazy things thinking they're going to, oh, it's going to be this. And it doesn't. I mean, you know, retail therapy works for 10 minutes. It's shiny, it's new. Oh, it's broken. <laughs> it's just... Why not get something that's lasting and permanent with the Lord is where that's found. So verse 16, it says, As for me, I will call upon God, and the Lord shall save me. Evening and morning and at noon I will pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. And I just, I, there's a cool, you know, seeking peace together with God, coming together with him, coming and uniting with the fact that, okay, God, I, things are crazy. I don't get it. I'm hopeless. I'm just beyond myself. I just want to blow it all up. But I know I can come to you and you're going to make sense of this and you're going to use this and you're going to straighten these things out and you can take these things and do whatever you want to with them. Help me see these things the way you see these things. See, that's the cool part. God sees it all, beginning to end and all in between. And it's like we can trust what he sees. We can trust what he says. We can trust how he leads. But we've got to come into that relationship with him. He never forces us. He never demands us. He wants us to come to those places where it's like, oh, Okay, God, I know you've got it all under control. Because that's, you know, God is sovereign over all. And so he can handle it all. But we can't. So looking, God to looking to God to find peace, first seek peace together, like it says here. And there's some interesting, you know, things that we know about peace. You know, John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. I mean, that's a huge challenge. We are fearful often. We are troubled often. But we're being challenged not to be because we can have peace from God. A peace that, right, Philippians, right? That passes all understanding. It's, it's available. But we've got to look to God to find it. The world is not going to show it to us. Our own family members aren't going to give it to us. We can't extort it from any other place. God gives it freely. But you've got to seek it from him. Seek and you shall find. So look to God to find peace. Seek peace together. Secondly, recognize his healing. And this is where it gets tricky. Verse 18, it says, He has redeemed my soul in peace from the battle that was against me, for there were many against me. We think peace is going to be problem-free. We think peace is like, no, there's still trouble over here. There's still problems over here. This thing is still an issue. Have peace. Be at rest. Understand that I have overcome the world. I have done it all for you already. It is finished, is what I said. All you need to do is learn how to rest in that. Trust me in that. 
Because that's the thing. It's like God is always at work, whether we realize it or not, whether we see it or not. He's always at work. And he has brought so much healing through Jesus Christ. So much healing through the resurrection. So much healing through all that he's doing. And the cool part is he's working. I mean, I look around in this room and I see everybody and I'm thinking, wow, it just blows my mind because God is individually working in your life specifically on purpose. Every single one of you, he is working diligently. And it's not like, oh, let me get it, and then he's over here, and then he's over here. No, it's, it's literally that personal and that intimate and that face forward to you where he is literally working with you focused. Like you're the only one around. And God is the only person capable of something like that. Because he loves us, cares for us, wants the best for us. You look at, you think about, I don't know how much you know about David and his life, but it's unbelievable. God was in David's life from the beginning and walked him all the way through it. He was focused on him and dealing with him because he wanted his best to happen in his life. And the same is true for every single one of us. God does not see, you know, oh, that person's a little higher and that person's a little low. No. He wants the absolute best for every single person in this room, every single member of his family, or the world for that matter, if they would be willing to submit. But it's coming to that place. It's coming to him, just like the, the, the psalm started. Lord, I come to you. I, you need to attend to me. You need to get involved here. You need to say something. God is the coolest father because he just, he will give us everything if we come and talk to him about it and ask him for it. He doesn't impose. If you come, he will give. If you ask, he will give. If you seek him, he will be found. But he wants us to come to that place where we see you are the answer. You are the solution. And it's not always perfect. And it's not always easy. And it's not always simple for us. Sometimes we may have to sacrifice. Sometimes we may have to deal with the people. The persecution that comes our way as a result. I mean, I remember back when I was just starting to witness to people. And it was just feeling rejection. And they were rejecting Christ. But it's like, you know, you talk to people about God and talk to people about what Christ has done and talk to about his death and burial and resurrection and how that brings new life. And people are just like, eh. I'd rather party in hell with my friends. It's like, you have a misunderstanding of life. But it's like, it feels personal. It feels like you're being rejected. And it's just like, it's overwhelming. And it's like, I can't even imagine how Christ feels. The very person who hung on a cross for our sin. And then to just have people think, it doesn't matter. It has no bearing. I don't know, it's scary to me. I'm scared too. There's normally a clock up here that's gone. <laughs> it's like, that's why I was, in the, I was in the dark last week too, so 
we'll keep trudging through, and then if I go over, I apologize. All right, looking to God to find peace. Seek peace together, recognize his healing, understand that there's more healing that's involved in what he's done. And then thirdly, trust God to work out the details. And this is where we struggle again. Verse 19, it says, God will hear and afflict them, even he who abides from old Selah, because they do not change. Therefore, they do not fear God. He has put forth his hands against those who are at peace with him. He has broken his covenant. The words of his mouth were smoother than butter, but war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet they were drawn swords. And see, here's the, the situation. We feel all this stuff coming at us and especially, you know, this person David's talking about is, this is someone he, he fellowshiped with that suddenly just all of a sudden did this to him. And it's like, God, you want, he's saying all these things and he looks good and he, you know, his little you know, reputation looks shiny and new, but you, this is what he did to me. God knows. See, that's our job is not to uncover other people's issues. It's not. Now, yes, we're going to get hurt by them. We're going to get wounded by them. We're going to have these feelings come into our lives as a result of them. But it's not our job to reveal them. God will take care of it. And we struggle with that. And some of that comes from the fact that we want to see justice happen. As it should. But God is the minister of justice not us. Let him take care of it. It's funny, my, my family laughs at me because we love watching football together as a family. We enjoy it so much. And bad calls will happen. And I'm like, God will take care of that. Don't worry about it. And they just go, seriously. <laughs> but ironically, you know, later on in the game, something happens and it goes the other way. And I'm like, there's the Lord balancing it out. Don't worry about these things. I'd rather trust God than trust people any day. But trust God to work out the details, to see the truth of the situation, and that, you've got to learn to let that stuff go. Um, my wife and I call it the inner lawyer, right? We, we want to make sure justice is done. We want to make sure these things are brought out. We want to make sure these things happen. We don't have to, right? We can have our frozen moment. Let it go, let it go, let it go, let it go. Because <laughs> it's a whole lot more freeing to know God's watching, God knows the truth, and he will take care of the circumstances. And David experienced that. Now, it doesn't mean he didn't talk about it, because that's what we're reading right now. That's what we're learning from right now. He's talking about these things because they're real, and that's... The same for us. We can't just hold on to it. We can't just push it down. We can't just kind of say, oh, well, whatever. No, you've got to go through this process, identifying it, working your way through it, and then allowing God to speak into it. Because sometimes there's truth in situations where, you know, am I really, do I need to consider this? Do I need to consider that? And that's where we grow or get sharpened or become something different. 
verse 22. It says, cast your burden on the Lord and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. And that word (laughs) sustain, I find interesting. It's like, you're not going to thrive or flourish. He will sustain you. (laughs) You'll make it. And sometimes that's how it feels. I'm just making it. But wouldn't you rather just make it than just not make it? (laughs) The the opposite is a little challenging. No, he will sustain you. But I've also found that it's like those moments in our life become clarifying when we're just being sustained and just realizing, okay, this is enough. I can make it on this. I can get through this. I, I, I can... Make it. Because guess what? Those other times in your life when your cup is overflowing and spilling out all over the place, those become so joyous and so over the top in your life that the comparison is just stark. And your heart becomes so much more understanding of God working these things out and how it brings value to life and how it brings all these things together in a way that, wow, if it wasn't for God doing these things and having these moments, I wouldn't get it. I would just kind of go through the motions and just try to get to the end. Who wants to just do that? I'm guessing no one here just wants to make it to the end. No, you want to have some kind of value in life. You want to have life be something for you. So much of that is trusting God to work out the details. Just let them go. Those are the things you let go. To see the truth of the situation, to sustain you. And then thirdly, verse 23, it says, But you, O God, shall bring them down to the pit of destruction. Bloodthirsty and deceitful men shall not live out half their days, but I will trust in you. God will meet it out. And it's interesting because, you know, the person that's being discussed here is someone that was fellowshipping with David, with somebody who was close to David, with somebody who I would guess was a solid Jew living the right life. And this stuff was going down. And that's hard. There are going to be people in this room that are going to disappoint you. Or they may say something that overwhelms you. But there's a solution. And our thing is is to make sure we are right with us, we are right with God. And he will take care of these situations in our life. Yes, I minion moment, sorry. David was labeled a man after God's own heart. He did not do everything perfectly, right? It's interesting, you know, in, in Matthew's um, genealogy of Christ, um, it's, you know, David and the person that he married or person that he had a child with, it's like it was one of those things where he had some problems too. And it's not about being perfect, but it is about honoring God's truth when you're confronted with it. And David did that. And when Nathan came into his midst and said, you, 
and he saw it, he knew that he had done wrong. And the same needs to be true for us. We are going to have trials in this life, and we need to know how to best handle them. Seeking God is always your best first choice. When we try to go off alone, when we try to do these things and not bring God, we are at risk. We are isolating ourselves, and things get dangerous. Using persecution as a pathway to peace, talk to God about the internal struggle, look to God to find peace, trust God to work out the details. The circumstances may not make sense to you, but God knows what he's doing and how we need to live. Remember, don't talk to the parrot. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning, and Lord, I am humbled. You are almighty God, powerful, sovereign, holy, righteous. And yet, you are involved in our lives. And Lord, we're a mess. Sin has brought so much damage and continues to bring so much problem into our lives. But Lord, even in that, when we partner with you, we can escape some of it. And Lord, we can see it from your perspective and understand it with your heart. And Lord, your spirit provides so much insight. We ask this morning, Lord, that we would do as David did, that we would seek you in those times when we're struggling, we would seek you in those times when we're overwhelmed, that we would ask for you and invite you into those circumstances to get your peace, to seek your peace, to allow you to work. And Lord, you will. And we may not see it, we may not understand how you do it, but we can trust you. We praise you, we thank you, Lord, for your word, for how it works, and for the fact that we can have a relationship with you through the finished work of Christ. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.